welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts. And tonight, we have Chris of Green Money Fab. What's going on, boys? Hi. How's it going? We'd like to start off the episode by thanking our sponsors. I'd like to take time to thank Sabretooth. If you go to sabretooth.com, you can get your carving discs and burrs from them. If you use code WH, you could save 10%. I use them. I like them. I stand behind them. And I'll take a minute to thank our sponsor, Maritime Knife Supply, your one-stop shop for makers, as we've been saying, and two or three days to Texas. I can't remember anymore. Either one is good <laughs> enough, right? It is very good. Um, so, yeah, you can find him at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca. So. Fantastic. Chris, what is going on? Not much. Just uh, getting over a slight cold, but other than that... Enjoying the nice weather. It was like 65 degrees today in Jersey. It was beautiful out today. Yeah, All right. Let me get a conversion. I got to convert that. I, I spent the day. <laughs> I can't help you on that one. I spent the day outside painting. So oh, that's nice. I was happy with that. I got to spray paint outside as opposed to at home. Yeah. The doors open welding. Didn't have to sit there and have the heater going in the background. You said 65, right? Yeah. Damn you. <laughs> I'm at. I'm around 32 right now. Yeah, it's definitely a little colder than I would prefer. Well, in Canada, isn't that summertime? Yeah, that's true. It's still March. Like, come on. (laughs) It's it's technically winter up here still. It was beautiful here today. Yeah, it was. Just those big puffy clouds going by. It made up for it being uh, nice and rainy yesterday. Yesterday was the worst. Yeah, it was terrible. It's going to rain all week, too. I think today was the only day that was nice, right? Basically, yeah. I mean, thankfully, I'll be in Atlantic City all next week, so at least I'll have an excuse not to work. All right. We didn't bring this guy on to talk about the weather. Come on. (laughs) But, I mean, it was the first nice day of the year. You got to talk about it. Yeah, (laughs) it's very true. Were you you laying out on your back deck on a blanket, watching the clouds go by like a little kid? Yeah, okay. (laughs) I had to wait for paint to dry. I mean, I'm not going to take on two projects today. <sighs> no, I can't say anything. I barely get one project done. Yeah, I, I didn't get started until <laughs> about noon today. So, yeah, made myself some uh, made myself some Taylor ham, egg and cheese this morning. So, oh, good old pork roll. Yep. <laughs> let let the Jersey debate begin. There <laughs> we go. Started off fresh. That's why. Yeah, yeah. So you make primarily you make smokers, big meat smokers. Yeah. Yep, yeah, barbecue offset smokers, trailers, grills, all that good stuff. If any of the listeners were at Maker Camp, he made the big smoker that the boys used to smoke for the barbecue on Sunday. Yeah, the the two 500s are the ones I made. Uh, Will, the other one that was on the other side, that was Will Shears. And uh, those are the two that we primarily used for Maker Camp. And I believe this Maker Camp will be using, I'm actually hoping to be able to build a 1,000-gallon tank prior to maker camp i don't know how i'm gonna do it yet but i'm gonna try so oh wow it's gonna be huge yeah yeah i think it's gonna be 18 19 feet long i'm actually going to go possibly pick the tank up tomorrow so what are these tanks that you use to make these things um so the big ones are propane tanks just surplus propane tanks and then the the small ones that i'm making now are out of a three eighths inch thick pipe oh wow yeah yeah they're not light no what, what do you have a forklift at home to move these things around? Yeah, yeah, I have like a nineteen. I think it's a nineteen sixty eight or nineteen sixty seven white forklift, and uh, oh yeah, engine crane, four jacks, 
you know, throw my back out, whichever one usually works. Yeah. Get stuff moved. That's crazy. <laughs> to do something on, on oh. that big a size every day. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm a diesel mechanic by trade, so I do it all on the, you know, after hours and weekends and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, the forklift was a game changer for me. That thing made my life so much easier. I can only imagine. Yeah, that's something of that nature will be in my future whenever. It's definitely something for a shop that you need. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping I'll be getting a newer one. Maybe someone from like, you know, maybe 2000s. This millennium? <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice. So is that um, an old propane rig or is it like a... No, it's gas. I mean, honestly, from how much it smokes, you would think it was diesel. But <laughs> it's a mosquito fogger every single time it fires up. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's great when it's inside the shop and you can't see after about five minutes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I remember working. I always used to work around the, the propane ones. That's why I was asking. Yeah, it no, was, that's what I want to get is a propane one. Yeah. Yeah, they work pretty good. Is your shop? Well, it's nice as they run. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, well, the propane ones are nice because they run pretty much consistent throughout any temperature so they can get stored outside and it's not nearly as bad as a diesel or gas yeah makes sense is your shop big enough to fit a 19 foot smoker in uh barely so i work out of a two-car garage so it's a 22 by 24 garage oh i thought it was bigger and, than and that. now half of that is no no i wish and uh now half of it's taken up by a five by ten cnc table so yeah that table's awesome yeah it was an amazing deal. I definitely am very happy I found that. I know we talked a few nice. times, but I'm going to have you cut me some stuff soon. Oh, well, you'll be happy to know I'm actually upgrading uh, the electronics and everything for it, so I'll even be more accurate with it. Well, what, what I'm going to have you cut doesn't need to be that accurate. but No, I know, but still, <laughs> I had to brag about me getting up, everything upgraded. Yeah. Nice. Didn't you upgrade the, so happy. Like the belly of it last year? Yeah. Yeah, I did some messing around with it when I got it at first. And now I'm upgrading all the electronics, the torch mount, uh, the uh, torch height control, which basically will kind of keep it at a consistent height, even if stuff warps or if the table's not flat or anything to that effect. It just makes it a lot easier to where I can kind of run it hands off instead of having to be kind of squinting at table height to make sure I'm maintaining the same height. Right. And for anyone listening, we're talking about a plasma CNC cutter. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a little difficult sitting there having to hit the plus and minus keys on my keyboard while I'm bending over trying to stare ten feet down to make sure I'm not going to crash the torch. Oh yeah, yeah, that would suck. But especially staring at a at that arc too. Yeah, well, I have uh, my my cutting glasses I wear all the time, or I'll put one of my shields on and yeah, use that yeah, for sure. It's still, still, I made that. Oh yeah, no, I made that mistake a few times where I'm looking around the computer screen and all of a sudden I get arc flashed. And How big of a compressor do you have to run that plasma cutter? Uh, I have a 60-gallon Quincy. Oh, okay. And it's got a 100% duty cycle, though, so that thing can run nonstop. Oh. And then this summer, I'm, I have a 400-gallon tempering tank that I'm going to put outside. So that way, the 60-gallon with the 100% will actually fill that. And it'll help with uh, the moisture in the lines because it'll help condensate everything down before it gets yeah. into my... So I have a bunch of tanks. I have my whole carports filled with uh, a bunch of different propane tanks. But one of them was a 400-gallon vertical tank that I picked up. And uh, I was going to use that for a smoker, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. It's, <laughs> it's pristine. It's it's a beautiful tank. It's like I think it's like three or $4,000 brand new. I got it for 75 bucks. Oh, nice. 
So you're getting those so, for like they're surplus, but you're getting them for scrap or better. Yeah, yeah. It was a guy that uh, he I got two of them actually. The first true custom uh, smoker I ever built, where it was for an actual customer and not just one that I built for myself and then sold, uh, was actually out of the other tank, which was an eighty gallon tank. But what I used to do is I used to build them for myself, get tired of them, sell them, and then build another one. Yeah, okay, I'll sell this one, build another one. Until I finally had somebody who, I guess, either saw me on Facebook or Instagram, I forget. And, uh, yeah, he wanted an actual custom build. And that was the first one that kind of kicked me into doing all the ones I'm doing now. Seems like you're always working on one. Like, you always have another customer. Yeah. I have 19 in queue right now. 19, like, that you have to make? Yep. That's a phenomenal yeah, actually, problem to have. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. it's actually, it's been awesome. But uh, it also is very stressful. Because every time, like, that's why I haven't been doing any YouTube or Instagram reels or anything. Because every time I'm doing, I'm like, oh, I'm wasting so much time doing this. I could be working. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you already have the clientele, who cares about Instagram? No, I know. That's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Just get photos of them finished when they're done and out the door. And yeah, I'm terrible at that, too. Yeah. Because usually by the time I finish them, I'm already rushing to get them on my truck and get them out or get the person there to pick them up. And Because I don't have anywhere really to store anything yet. Okay. So I have two storage containers, but that's holding all of my materials in them. Right. Yeah. So the goal was to build a bunch of like stock ones and then have them in the storage container. But everybody kept, they're like, Hey, can we put a deposit down? Can we do this? All right. So I like kept pushing my goal of wanting to build stock ones further and further. And now it's next year. So. Yeah. Well, if you got 19, I mean, what do you got? Like roughly man hours, what would you have in like one of your 500s? Uh, well, I've gotten better with them. The first 500, well, the first, the, the twins that I had at maker camp were actually the second and third 500s I ever built. And I never actually realized how long it was going to take me because I didn't take into account how big they were as far as flipping them over and trying to contort myself to get all the welds done. Uh, so those two took me six months. So with me doing it like after work and weekends, it's about three months for one of the 500s. Whereas one of these smaller ones now, especially with the, with CNC and kind of get everything ready, may take me a week, week and a half. That's not bad. Okay. So your 500 is the diameter is roughly what? Just kind of give people an idea how big that is. Uh, Those 500s were 36 inches in diameter and the tanks are 10 feet long, I think. So they're 14. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even realize they were that big. Yeah. That was uh, that trailer weighed 7,000 pounds. Or sixty five hundred pounds. Of, uh... <laughs> yeah, the trailer itself empty. No, no, that whole that whole setup because I custom built that trailer too. Oh, so that whole trailer, the smokers with a little bit of wood storage. I think if I remember correctly, it was like maybe even closer to six thousand pounds. But and then your new ones that you're talking about with the the smaller ones. Now, what? How big physically are those? Uh, those are either twenty four by forty eight or twenty four by sixties. And those are right in the thousand pound range when they're all said and done. Oh wow! Yeah, they're chunky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they hurt when they fall on you too. I can only imagine a thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely that definitely was not fun having that happen a few times. And that was so the most recent one where it clipped my arm. That was that was a good day. Now, oh no doubt, with them being three eighths and all the plate steel you do, are you stick welding them or MIG welding them? No, it's all MIG all welding. MIG? Yeah, so I have a Miller two fifty one. Okay. And then I run 035 through it with an usually running about like 21, 22 volts. 
Okay. So it's it's dumping a lot of heat into yeah. it. And I'm trying to move as fast as possible to minimize distortion, but Yeah. Do you move around? So I just Oh yeah. No, I I tack the entire smoker up and then I just bounce all over. And then now with that new turntable, it's even nicer because I can actually like flip the things over. I can move around. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. I saw that the other day. It looked uh looked like that's gonna help. Like oh, I, yeah. I when I first, I guess I didn't meet you till till camp this past year. Yeah, and then I started following you, and I noticed like your work, and I was like, man, I just know what it's like to weld in those positions, and I'm just like, he's got some work ahead of him. And I mean, you've done a bunch of them, so you you know where you're at, anyways. But I was just I was amazed that you were. It's a constant learning process. Like I know Jimmy says it all the time. We go to school in the first one. I've gone to school in the last fifteen of them. So every single time I do, when I learn something new and Hey, yeah, definitely. You should have done this, or you should have done that, or well, you figure to weld something up, and all of a sudden you can't. You can't well, get the especially other thing to fit. where you're getting into the production side of things more so than like, yeah, you're you're trying every time you're trying to figure out what's okay. That worked, but it, was it the quickest way to do it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Efficiency probably on each one gets a little bit better. Yeah, it's definitely getting there. And then now that I started like pre-cutting, you know, take because I. With the five by ten, I can put five by ten sheets on it, which means I can fit, I think, three of my small smokers on just one piece of plate for the most part. And so it's just going through a cut. And the problem is that takes like six hours of cutting with my table and my power supply. And right now you have so to it just takes... babysit that because you don't have the electronics yep. up- updated. So it's not yeah, like so... it's running its own thing. It's five or six hours no. of you watching it. A hundred percent. So that's the problem. Is that's just me. Uh-huh. So my dad actually lives at home with me as well, and he's the one who taught me CAD. So um, my goal is with this new setup, hopefully I can have an indentured servant and have him run the CNC while I'm at work. <laughs> and uh, it'll definitely speed up production a little bit. So right now his eyes are too bad. I don't want him staring at an arc all day. Yeah. So One of these days I'll come you... up check out the shop. Oh, yeah, of course. I'll have whiskey waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'll bring whiskey with me. Don't worry. He's up. Got, for, he's up for sure. Then <laughs> I got plenty. I'll of be it. there tomorrow. <laughs> I got more bottles than I got tools. So yeah. <laughs> I have to find a unique one then when I come. Yeah, I haven't bought any in a while, but for a long time I was make every time I sold a smoker, I was like my reward was to go buy myself a bottle. I just have to keep running into Tony because every time I'm with him, he buys me the biggest bottle of Four Roses he can find. There you between go. Maine and New York, so <laughs> it's it's called a magical land of New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, we all know where you yep. get it. <laughs> yeah, what are you getting? Those one point five liter, like gigantic. Yeah, ones? the ones that come with their own handles. Yeah, those. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You, it, I think we call them a sixty sixer up here. Yeah, we call them handles. Yeah. Handles. Huh? That makes yeah. sense too. It's Jersey, straight to the point. <laughs> Handle. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, so. All your smokers, uh, uh, like, what do you finish it with? Because they're all black. Is that just like a like a BLO? Uh, heat? So it varies. Um, so some of them are just high temp, you know, Rust-Oleum barbecue paint. I've also done um, a few that were some very high end, like you know, bougie silicone high temp coatings bougie. that were gigantic pain in the ass to do. Um, I've also done ones that were linseed oil that were just kind of put on with a torch. And then I've done a, I want to actually do my own personal one, which is straight cooking oil. Um, basically just seasoning like a cast iron pan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very, sim- very similar to what the, what a Smith does, like yep, beeswax, stuff like that. It, it, it works. Which well. way do you prefer yeah. the, just the cooking oil? Um, 
I haven't done the cooking oil yet. I'm probably going to like that one the best because that to me that seems like it would be the easiest. And also you don't have to get the pit nearly as hot. So with the boiled linseed oil for it to truly like flash off and not be sticky, it has to be like four or 500 degrees. And that thing is just so big it's dissipating the heat. It's exactly with the surface area. Like once it gets hot, it stays hot. But the problem is getting it that hot. So the last one I tried doing, I was like, screw it. I'm just going to run a fire in the firebox. I'm not going to use a propane torch. And it was cool because it had a really nice gradient going across it, but there was still a few sticky ports that I had to go over with the torch because I didn't feel like having to collect dust in my shop. Yeah. But it was uh, it's a cool finish. It definitely it, it ages really well. The BOO. Yeah, it's easy easy to fix too if yeah. you start to have something just wire wheel a spot that might be rusting and just get some heat in it again the way you go. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, it's just like when they do um, like hammers and axes and stuff, just dipping in linseed oil or wiping it down rather. Yeah, so you, yeah, it's great. So you get the tanks, right? And you cut one side off and you put your firebox on that side. And then you cut the other side off and you put the exhaust, right? So with the tanks, I actually uh, kind of like French it in. So obviously you got to make sure you're not going to explode when you go to cut into them. And there's various ways of doing it. Um, but what I'll do is I'll do that get the tanks cut and then I cut usually like half of the the dome end on a propane tank and that's roughly like a give or take a half but that's where the firebox goes and then on the other half of the dome tank I put my collector I don't cut them all the way off uh just because I like the way the the, the domes look on the bigger ones yeah but on the smaller ones it's a pain because they they tend to move a lot more on the small small propane tanks yeah, it's probably thinner. So it's just easier for me just to use yeah they are so I actually, the one that I'm going to build my own personal uh, 500 for is half inch thick. Okay. So that tank was from 1948. Oh, yeah. Half so, inch thick? Yeah. Holy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take forever to get hot. But once it gets hot, it's going to it's gonna be like a pizza oven. It's going to take days to cool down. So the firebox itself, you make each one custom for the client, right? Yeah. So depending on what they're, if they want it insulated or not insulated. And then so I'll build it very similar to how like a forge is. So like the one the two that were at uh Maker Camp, I actually took a picture of it. You know, obviously it's cold as hell in New York almost all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so we were uh I had a ripping fire going in both of them and I still I took ice and put it on top of it and it was still ice. It wasn't melting. So we had it's that one that one especially I overdid the insulation quite a bit. Those fireboxes weighed twelve hundred pounds a piece. Wow. And what do you so put inside so you're there? you're putting a fire brick? No, uh, kale wool. Kale wool or rock wool, depending on the size of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so either way, like the, the inner liner is always sealed from the outer liner, so I don't have any concerns about, you know, any kind of the fibers getting into anything. Right. Because I actually, I forget who said it, but the, the sign of not, not having confidence in your engineering is over-engineering. Well, that's I've done that my whole life where, so I'll weld both sides of the pipe, inner and outer, and I've even been known to weld like four or five passes sometimes if I'm really concerned. So it's more or less just me practicing and using it as an excuse. But you must go through a lot of wire. Yeah, I have. Uh, before I started doing these, I, I may have gone through maybe like 30 pounds of wire over the course of my whole like welding career, I guess you could say, like being self-taught. And then from there, when I started doing them here, when I switched over to the, my bigger machine that I have now, I think I have... 1200 pounds of wire through that machine in four years three years wow oh wow that's unreal yeah, there's been a yeah so yeah when the, i would see people get pallets of welding wire and i was just oh, you would never use that and all of a sudden i was like i need a pallet of wire 
yeah, yeah, I bet. I think I go through two pounds like in a year, year and a half. <laughs> so there'll be some days I'll go through a 44 pound spool in a week and a half, two weeks. Like if I oh, have vacation yeah. and I get a chance to actually like really build, I'll go through a 44 pound spool in probably two weeks. Unreal. That's a ton of wire. Wow. So with the firebox, you weld it together on the pipe or off the pipe and then attach it to when i say pipe the tank at this point yeah so for the bigger ones i'll weld it separately so i'll I'll make the firebox a separate unit and then just join the two on these smaller ones i've actually i kind of integrated all of it so that way i can use that jig table right but on the big ones i don't have the room right now to make a big enough jig table to kind of integrate everything so it's just easier for me to weld them separate take them off and then just join the two together and then you said in the past you had made the trailers, but now you're not making. No, I'm still no, I'm still going to be making the trailers. I have uh, I actually have two trailer ones I'll be making after these two that I'm working on now. Oh wow! Yeah. So your big one, you're you're building the trailer for that, are you? Uh, yeah, if I have time. If not, I'm going to put it on skids, and then I may end up borrowing a buddy's fifth wheel trailer to bring it up. I don't know if I'll be able to get it done before Maker Camp. If not, I'm going to see if I can borrow those twin 500s again uh, and possibly build another 500 to bring up. But we have, uh, from from what Will told me, we have quite a few people coming and we're going to have a lot of food. That's awesome. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, the food was phenomenal last year. And I missed the whole Saturday afternoon. I know you told me to come by. I I never went by. (laughs) I was busy, you know. Yeah. Well, you about. guys had your yeah. Well, you also had your maker swap stuff. Yeah. No. Uh, at at, oh, at the time, at, not then, because by the time you, the the happy hour party or whatever you guys called it, because uh, yeah. you and Will told me about it, I went down to the dinner hall to eat dinner, and that's when you did it. And then when I came back, we had the knife challenge with Uncle Sam. That's right. So we yeah. were up there doing that, uh, and I completely missed it. And I came down, and everyone was still hanging out by that one firebox. That, I, I don't know if it's called a firebox, but that one fire pit that you had, like the grill. Yeah, I, yeah, the burn pit. Yeah, the burn pit. But everyone was just like hanging out there, and then there was no food left. And I was like, I probably should have come <laughs> earlier. <laughs> yeah, it went very quick. the The stuff that Will came up with to make was absolutely delicious. It was it was very good. He's amazing. So yeah, he is. Uh, honestly, that's one of my favorite parts about Maker Camp is getting a chance to cook with them. Yeah. So. And then you had who? Who, yeah. who else helped this year? Pellegrino. Uh, Pellegrino helped, and then uh, also a, another cook who Will knew. His name was Casey. He came and helped us. Yeah. And then we have some other helpers that were other makers that were kind of helping out. And it was just amazing watching how much food you guys made. Oh and yeah. You guys, n- none of you got any sleep. It was amazing. No. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was up, I think we got up around like 6 in the morning, 7 in the morning on Saturday, and then I didn't go to bed until after the Maker Burn, probably like an hour. Which is on Sunday, on for Sunday. those who don't know Maker Camp, yeah. that's Sunday night. <laughs> so you woke up yeah. early Saturday morning and didn't go to bed till Sunday night. Yeah, honestly, it was fun. It was a good challenge because I was running four fires, basically. So I had the two 500s, I had the other one that was on the other side of that little thing, and then I had the actual burn barrel as well. It got cold that night too. I think it was like it got down to like what twenty, thirty degrees. Something it was like that. cold that night, yeah. So I huddled around. The, I huddled around the fires for quite a while. Yeah, you were probably cursing yourself for time, making though. it to uh, the, the fire boxes not put off heat. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, that's why I stood around that burn barrel as close as I could. My feet were basically my, my boots were basically melting. I was getting that close. It got cold that night. <laughs> yeah, oh, kept me awake though. Let me 
at least we were up making the knives, so we were near forges being warm. But oh, some yeah. people were just hanging out. I'm like, man, it's too cold for that. Yeah, no, it was cold that night. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be the same way again, but it's, it's part of the charm. I was in shorts the first night. The first night was like, warm. What, what do you? Nah. Yeah, when you showed was up was Thursday. Thursday was warm. Yeah. <laughs> it was like in the 60s. Yeah, no, Saturday I, night I was I still got a chilly. lot of people asking me, what are you doing in shorts? Well, <laughs> you're Canadian, so that's kind of. That's par for the course. No? Comes, with the ter- comes with the territory. <laughs> now, you're a big, a big cook, too, or no? Uh, I try to. Yeah, I enjoy it a lot. What's your favorite smoked item? Uh, honestly, pulled pork. I know. I probably. I know everybody should say. Uh, I probably should say brisket, just because you know it's Texas barbecue. But uh, no, pulled pork for me. Like I love brisket, but I can only eat so much of it. It's just it's very it's very fatty, very rich. So I actually I am a huge fan of pulled pork. So and it's super easy. So you you screw it up. It's not hard to fix. Yeah. Uh, so. Here locally, there's a guy that I used to work with. He he has started his own barbecue spot, and uh, I went there the other day. And man, he's got this. We talk about rich. He's doing a. He calls it a pork belly or a brisket style pork belly. Okay, yeah, that was, that was yeah. A lot of fat. <laughs> yeah. No, it's and that's good. the thing is, it's, good, but... it's delicious, but it's only you can only have so much. Oh yeah, the second the second piece, I was like, oh, it's just too yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'll I'll cook a brisket every day. Any chance anybody gives me an opportunity to, like, I'll be cooking it for um, my new shop. The guys at my new shop, I think, in May or June, I'll be uh, cooking for all of them. So nice. I'll bring one of my smokers that I have to work, and then you know, either do a brisket or do a bunch of ribs or pulled pork or something. You do any? Pulled chicken? I always tried to do that. Yeah, that, that's my jam there pulled chicken i like honestly i love pulled chicken pulled pork is good but i I gravitate towards the chicken myself pulled chicken's great you can get some get some chicken thighs cook them low and slow i keep telling will he should do pulled chicken this year Uh, i believe we're doing ribs i know we're doing we wanted to do smash burgers the last time i talked to him for like our uh, pit party thing um and i'm sure he'll come up with some chefy stuff that's gonna be awesome yeah that I have no idea even existed prior to doing it. I'm so. out on the ribs, though. I'm not a rib guy. See, I can, I once again, it's the same thing. I can only eat a few. The, the beard gets in the way, and it just gets annoying after a while. Yeah. I mean. I don't, I don't like wearing my food. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> it's the life, life of a beard. Yeah, well, especially when you have somebody, like, you're eating with somebody, and then all of a sudden, like, hey, you have something in your beard. Hey, you have something in your beard. It's like every, it's like, I know, just let me finish. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just wait till the end. You could just shave it off. No, no, I, that's not a good look for me. So when did you get into, <laughs> when did you get into smoking? Um, I've loved it for like, since I was like 16, 17, oh, okay. but I got really into it when, um, uh, cause I've always been a huge fan of like Alton Brown and yeah. a bunch of like good food network chefs. So he made it very accessible for somebody who didn't have a smoker. So I used to do a bunch of stuff for either my mom or for myself or for my dad and, then I started actually getting into building stuff, like because I never knew how to weld when I was a kid. I didn't learn how to weld till I was nineteen, twenty, somewhere in there. Mm. Um, and my buddy taught me, and then YouTube taught me. So <laughs> then I was like, "All right, cool. I'm going to build myself a smoker." And then built the first one, sold it probably a week later. Mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, I need to build myself another one." And then had that one for about two or three weeks, and started getting into it. 
But uh, what really kicked me off actually was I crushed my hand working at my one of my old jobs. And I was kind of sitting around. I had nothing else to do. I was waiting for my hand to heal. So I just watched YouTube. And then I started like like Aaron Franklin, um, Memphis Barbecue, and a bunch of other different guys were on YouTube. And they're showing how to cook. I'm like, that looks absolutely delicious. And then it kind of happened that we went to Austin for a bachelor party too. So I got a chance to have barbecue for like a week straight. So that kind of jumped, you know, kind of kicked me into high gear. Really wanting to get more and more into it. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you were like one of those memes when you hit a certain age. Like I've seen it at, at like 30 <laughs> and 40. Like if you hit, yeah. like, the minute you turn 30 or 40, you have to either choose between being a guy who smokes meat or a World War II historian. Yeah, World War II historian. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, no, I mean, if you ask anybody, I've been 40 since I was four. So maybe I hit that at an early age, but yeah. 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 I can't. It's, uh, it's been fun. Uh, it's uh, just like the maker community, honestly. Like barbecue people are really cool. It's very hard to find a douchey barbecue guy. I think, I think it doesn't matter. I mean, aside from cars, I don't know if you have ever been into cars, but the car scene. Oh, yeah. The car scene, no one's cool. Everyone hates your car and wants to talk yeah. crap on it, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but outside of that, I think any other community that obsesses over like a thing, like either the maker community, like, I mean, everyone's got their own thing in making, but or the smoking community, I think it's all about the community more there than. I think it's like they appreciate the fact that you're actually, you're interested enough to actually do it justice. Yeah. So whether it be woodworking, metalworking, barbecue, you know, whatever, sewing, leatherworking, like if you're, if you're interested enough in it to actually like do it justice and really try instead of just kind of half-assing it, then usually most people will be like, all right, cool. You're good on my book. Yeah. But that being said, I've had a lot of people (laughs) in my comments, you know, be like, hey, uh," usually they're mostly my friends, actually, especially the people who taught me to weld. Like, hey, I uh, I see a little spot there, and they'll zoom in and like send me pictures of it. Like, what'd you do there? Did you slip? Did you do this? Did you sneeze? Like, what's going on? It's gonna happen. Just let it happen. Yeah, it's. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what friends are for. They're just yeah. there to bust your balls. Yeah, well, Jersey is a different type of busting your balls. That is for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that is definitely for sure. Yeah, I try and keep it within the Jersey community, though. Yeah. Otherwise, people yeah, well, get too I... upset and they cry. Yeah, they do. They definitely. <laughs> I don't need people crying on my comments. <laughs> There's definitely a bit of a butt hurt that kind of gets out of you know, once you're outside of a certain area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll save some of that for the after show. Yeah, that's true. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Tony. Tony, you had a big week this week. Uh, well, I had a big Saturday. <laughs> well, that's something to talk. Yeah, I saw about. that. Congratulations on your PRs. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, it was a good time. We, uh, I think what do we have? Seven or eight lifters total it was four, four or five guys in my heat that were all from our gym. And then there was three or four women that lifted before us. So the gym had a pretty good day, but yeah, it was my first, uh, first meet since October of 21. Wow. It's been that long. Very cool. Um, been dealing with knee injuries since, well, prior to that, it was probably May of 21 when they started. So, um, but yeah, it was kind of a, a meet. I wanted to get decent numbers and qualify for 
regionals and I blew that goal out of the water. <laughs> I was uh, quite happy. It, it went it went very well. So I ended up with uh, was it a five seventy five total, which ties my second best meet ever. So I, I can't complain considering I didn't feel like I was going to have a good meet work, working into it. So. So how does that work? Do they add up uh, like those three individual lifts and then that's what your total? Yeah, your total is the best of your, the best lift of all of each. So you get okay. three three attempts on each lift and your best number. I mean, well, on you never go down. Like if you have attempt one is 200 kilos, attempt two has got to be higher or the same. If you miss it, it can be the same, but then you got to go up from there, so. Okay. So I was, uh, squat was 485, uh, bench was 286, which that is a PR for me. Um, and deadlift was 496, which is, uh, they're both, the squat and deadlift are both off of my, uh, PRs, but after the knee issues and stuff I had, uh, having a squat near 500 pounds again was, uh, felt really good. Uh, felt like on the day 500 plus was doable. So now I know now I'm resetting and getting ready for, for regionals in September. So yeah, very cool. It was a good, uh, a good feeling. If you watch my reel, it doesn't look like it, but I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I got I got a note from my coach um, last night. At so, this is the meet was eighty total lifters. There's eighty one lifters total. We didn't start. So normally you do a meet, you go in, weigh in at like six a.m. Well, because this meet was eighty lifters on one day, I didn't weigh in till four. Th- it was four thirty in the evening. I didn't move my first weight on the platform till six thirty, almost seven, and my last deadlift was at like ten thirty. It was a long day. Yeah, and then the well, the meet director, who's my coach, was there at five thirty. Uh, guided, like he uh, coached or handled is the term we use. Um, the women lifters that were in the first few heats, um, I think. They had, they actually, one of them got national records that I know of. Um, so there's some, some good numbers moved there. So he was dealing with that, dealing with the meat. And then he had another lifter, at least one lifter in the second session. So he was dealing with that plus the meat. Like he was just crazy. He was there till, uh, I would say it was 1230 by the time he got out of there Ooh. and he was there at 530 in the morning. So yeah, he sent me a message at, at um, like, I don't know, 10 to 1. And it was, I was, it was one of those things I was just, he talked about how I was, uh, I don't know, I don't want to feel like this, I'm kind of getting into a bit of a braggy situation, but <laughs> um, but it was something that I appreciated it from him. So that's kind of why I'm talking about it. So actually, I'm going to read the message just because it, uh, it felt good to hear. So as you say, I had a long road to recovery. So here's the message. Uh, Tony, the, the, the road has been long, the journey hard. I'm thrilled to see you're healthy and performing is so well on the platform. Your meet today was amazing. Thank you for keeping the boys on track. 
the back there. It was a calming, calming influence they needed. I'm excited to see what comes for you in 23, 24. Excellent meet. So I was, uh, I woke up to that at 4.30 this morning because I had to go to work this morning. So um, That's good, man. You should yeah. be proud. It's an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah so definitely. I was quite happy with it. It was it was kind of fun too because I am a coach in the gym, and then just talking. One guy was his first meet, like uh, never, like actually didn't doesn't like crowds, and he went through and I keep telling him he's one of these guys that he'll deadlift, he picks the weight up, and then he just sits it back down. I'm like, you're not lifting enough if that's the way you're sitting the weight back down. <laughs> he's a big boy. He'll he'll get there, but it's just a slow road. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm ecstatic about it. It was a good meet. I love the way you way say better. That I'm, I'm ecstatic about it. <laughs> it was a really good meet. <laughs> it was, it was. I just don't have a, my tone doesn't change. I know. Well, congratulations, but, Tony. I think it's awesome. Yes. Congratulations. It's a, it's yeah. a big feat. Was, we yeah. look forward to what happens in September. Yeah. I'm pretty happy. So anyways, enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Chris, what, I mean, what else do you make other than smokers? There's got to be a ton of stuff in your arsenal. Oh, yeah. No, I, uh, I'm i too cheap to really pay for anybody to do anything. So <laughs> I've always had, you know, auto body work and then also woodworking I grew up doing with my dad. Uh, we actually have a full cabinet shop in my basement. Nice. So, yeah. And then he, he does all the 3D printing and stuff like that and plumbing, electrical. Uh, I was taught how to sew when I sew and knit when I was like seven my grandmother and she kind of that was one of our sunday projects was oh here's a here's a needle pulling here's this here's that and when i was old italian getting grandmas that always wanted to make you self-sufficient yeah so that's awesome definitely kind of kept me on the straight and narrow but and then also i started doing blacksmithing years ago and then i kind of fell off a little bit and then i ran out of room in my shop so i sold my anvil and a few other things but i still have a i still have my forge parts that i and my heat treat oven parts too to build both of them. I just haven't had time. Let's go get yourself a cheap anvil when you're back at it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Once I get the one container kind of cleaned out, that was the plan. That was actually the original plan for my carport. And then that got destroyed. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> then it ended up being, that's the eventual plan for one of the containers. I have. All you gotta do is knock out these 19 smokers and you'll have all the time in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it might be 20 after tonight. Cause I got an email from a guy as we were sitting here talking about it. He wants to move forward with one. So there we go. Maybe 20. What's your little tag that you put on the, on the firebox? Uh, so little smoke the, uh, or the something? little money pits, little money pits for the smaller ones and the big money pits for the big ones. That's... I was like, you know what? I got it. I being around these guys all the time, especially like, you know, watching Jimmy for years and just, and a bunch of other Instagram and YouTubers, like you gotta like, get a brand of some kind. And I was like, all right, well, no one else has named money anything when it comes to smokers. I was like, all right, it's a money pit. I Because th- you're just going to be dumping money into the food and food. And if that were me, wood, I would so. cut a big piece <laughs> out and curl it over top of the, the door and just weld it on, you know? So there's actually a company that, uh, one of the smoker companies that's like for their competition barbecues, uh, the ones they use for like doing like the KCBBS stuff, like the Kansas City Barbecue Festival or uh, competitions, like those big you know international things. I don't know. They'll actually that. take... Oh, okay, so they'll they'll take the they'll take a regular smoker that they make for competitions, and they make almost like a heat shield. But that's usually what they'll end up putting like their team logo on the back of, and it's just literally it's probably four feet long that wraps around a quarter of the smoker. That is just like a big logo for them. That's cool. 
Yeah, I may do that for one of my own personal ones. But... Brand everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm, it was very hard for me to do that, even with any of them. Like, I didn't start putting Green Money Fab on them until probably my tenth or eleventh one. All right, but yeah, I mean, you got to try sometime, right? Oh yeah, no, I'm very. Uh, it takes a minute for me to truly be like, okay, this is now. I'm really actually happy with this. Let's keep moving. Instead of constantly trying to be like, oh, I definitely could do this better. I could do this better. Right. It takes me a minute. I think I've built 30 of them by now. So between what I built prior to Instagram and then during Instagram times. That's quite a bit. Yeah. The goal is to eventually get to 100 a year. Okay. And still How have many people you hire? <laughs> well, so I did the math on it. If I can actually do, like, continue what I'm doing and actually dedicate a certain amount of time, I may be able to actually do two a week. So you you oh, wow. you'll have already made 30 and you got 20 more already on order yeah are these all local sales like the tri-state area uh tri-state kind of going up to like upper northeast some uh, i had one guy buy one that was from west virginia i have plenty of people that message me from like san antonio texas or california or month like listen i really appreciate the fact that you really like you like what i'm doing i'm like you can get the same pit in like texas like, you can go down the road. There's a million builders in Texas. I'd rather see you go to one of them and save the $1,500 in shipping. Well, that's where you're wrong. Then I'm Take not all the money you can get. Uh, no. Take it all. Yeah, but they gotta, <laughs> we got to wait like a year and a half. I don't. Yeah, that's I'm, what but, my buddy that's got the, the started the, his business, his pit came from Alberta. Okay. So. Yeah, there's a company up in Canada called Capo Cooktops. Um, he makes awesome barbecues. Uh, let's see if I get. See if I can find what one he got. Yeah, he makes uh he makes some like that, and that's the thing is that I'm I don't do this full time, so I feel kind of like a dick t- trying to take away work from people who do truly do it full time. Oh, like, I'd be pissed if somebody started working on school buses that that were mine. <laughs> like, I mean, as long as you're uh, charging the right price for it, uh, I mean you're not really yeah doing anything. Too no, much. that's the thing is I'm not going out of my like. I've had to increase my price every single time. Not every single time, but I've had to increase my prices more to try and because when I was first doing them, I mean, I was breaking even if I was lucky. Yeah, that's not good. Just because I didn't know how to do it, I didn't know how to do quoting or pricing or anything like that. And because I've worked I, my whole career, I've worked for uh, public, you know, school school districts. Right. So I never had to worry about hey, like all right, this costs this much and. I would usually like, because I did everything for myself. So Yeah, but there's also the case where um, any new product line, like even if you knew you could have undercut the price because you didn't know what hurdles you were going to have. And the first oh, one yeah. may have gone smoothly. And then the second one, you're like, oh, this could happen on almost every one. I got lucky last time. Let me quote that yep. in. Like whatever the time suck is or whatever it is, then you got to learn and adjust your pricing as you go. So Yeah, I've gotten better with it. Um, like those twins I made. Uh, they basically, the, what I got out of those was a cool logo. Mm-hmm. That, that was about as much money as I got out of that. So, um, it was definitely a good experience. It was definitely a learning experience. And that was the first trailer I ever built. And of course I over-engineered the hell out of that one. But, uh, yeah, it was like, uh, there's been a few of them where I'll sit down and do the math afterwards after the pit's long gone. And I'm like, oh my God, you jackass. <laughs> yeah. But- like you just, you, you just volunteered the last three months of your life to this. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it is like it's it sucks because, yeah, I could be doing other things with my time or I could be making money for other pits. But 
it's all a learning experience. So as long as I'm moving forward, that's usually all that matters. Yeah. Until I start, until I start paying my bills with it, and then, then it's going to start mattering a little more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you really well, go, I mean, go through all the trial and error now, get it down pat. That's what I'm thinking. So the only know, variable that's, that's is the market fluctuation and you can yeah. adjust for that later. Yeah. With our wonderful banking system, I don't know when I'll be able to go into doing them full time anytime soon. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Those niche markets may be falling out real quick. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I hope not. I hope I enjoy doing this too much. I hope not too. Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's a lot of fun building these things. And even though it literally, it's, it'll seem like these may be like the same 10 smokers. It's I'll, I'll try like on these, the last three I built, I tried assembling them in different ways to see which way was faster, which way, you know, was more, you know, uh, easier. It was more kind of ergonomical, easier. And you know, which one I didn't jam my knuckles on this one, or I didn't drop this on my foot and uh, I could just use my four jack for this one. And right. So what do you got Tony? Did you find it yet? No, I'm still looking, but that, that jig that, or the, the roller table that you built like that must that must make a huge difference oh yeah it's great it's uh so i had i had roller stands like you know the rigid pipe stands yeah that they have so i have those but the problem is the wheels are too, too wheels narrow. are way too loose they're too narrow so yeah, it ends up too narrow the pipe what you're trying to do yeah i mean they're rated to like three thousand pounds a piece like they're really heavy duty but the problem is is that they just they just walk right off yeah, they don't so, have enough width to really exactly. like, let, let it sit down in. Yeah, I yeah, when I saw your your rig, I was like that's perfect for what you're doing. At least in in my opinion, but that's Yeah, no, it's been great. Um I kind of I basically copied a, a a jig table that a guy named Mike from Mystic Smokers. Um he really kind of at least that was the first time I saw it. I had always thought about making a jig table, I just couldn't figure out how to really do it. So when I saw him put it out, I kind of modified it to fit my shop because his was like 10 feet long and I can't have a 10 foot long table just sitting in my shop at all times because that's yeah, kills the that. other bay that I have. So do you have, um, you have that, do you have that? So it'll slide like the width Well, you can change the widths for your, yeah. like your different, different, uh, ones that you're making. Yeah. So all I have to do is just unbolt the casters and then I can just move them to, I have it set up to where right now with the 24 inch pipes, I could put it in one spot or the 30 and 36 inch pipes. I could put it in another spot. Oh, okay. So you got a fixed table and then your casters are what do the moving. Yeah. They'll move in and okay. out. And then I can also move the things that the casters bolt to uh, left or right into different holes. That way, if I try to avoid like a, a temperature bung or, uh, you. Uh, you know, a, a, a threaded bung on top of the tank. I can move it around a little bit. And I have some flexibility with that. Yeah, no, that sounds like a, a, a great system for what you, what you get going on. Yeah, it's been, and then I built it so that way I can actually add another table to it uh, and kind of pin it in place just like a trailer hitch. So that's why I left the one side of it open so that way I could build another one, like slide it together. That way I can use it for 500s or 1,000-gallon tanks. Oh, okay, so you're you're, you're already pre yet, you're pre-planning the the thousand then. Yeah, I had a thousand gallon tank and I sold it because I didn't think I was going to be building it. And that's the one. The thousand was the one you're talking. It's going to be like near twenty foot long, right? Yeah. So that tank is forty two, either forty two or forty seven inches in diameter. I forget, uh, oh, but it's sixteen feet long. Yeah, I had a picture of uh, on my Instagram of my flatbed. I had it loaded on my flatbed. It looked like the Oscar Mayer Wiener truck. 
because it was just this giant tank hanging off like a solid five or seven feet off the back of my truck. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's amazing. There's a few, yeah, there's a few sketchy things I've done in that truck, so that being one of them. Well, that'd be oh. something like even for that thousand, like you'd have to, like even your doors, you would have to kind of think of how big they could be for someone to just physically lift them. You're not going to have a 20 foot door. No, you that's the thing cut is that, that up in sections. And yeah, so usually with thousand gallon tanks, they cut them up into four doors and then they have counterweights on them of some sort. That way it'll kind of offset the weight. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, that makes sense. Those doors definitely get thick. They definitely get very, very heavy. Oh, okay. So, just to come back to the company that built my buddies was uh, Barrel Boss Q. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's just that's how it's spelled on Instagram. Oh, Barrel Boss. Barrel Q, Boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Those guys. Yeah. But yeah, they're out west. They uh, they built him a twin setup. Um, okay. Uh, I'm just. Uh, it's a reel, so it's kind of hard for you to see, but it's all on a trailer. I don't know. Oh yeah, it's a nice setup. Yeah. So that's what he's. He's running a restaurant with with that setup. That's set up just outside his restaurant every day. Do you? Yeah, those are. Do you primarily make for restaurants, or do you make for? Um. So it kind of it seems like it goes in like bits and pieces. So there was a time where all I got was restaurant orders or catering orders, and then it was back to you know private customers, and then back to catering, and now it's like a mix. We got a guy um, at the end of my street here. There's like, like a, a, at the T on a different street, there's like a little pull off area and he goes in there and he smokes all summer long. He's on the weekends, he's smoking stuff. And every time I go, I go around 11 AM and he's like sold out. Yeah. Like he sells out. All, uh, he's there smoking. People got to come back, but every, everything he's got is already sold. Yeah. No, that's honestly, uh, so like the barbecue place that I go down to, uh, down by in Lahaska in PA, if, you're not there by like 12 31 o'clock on most Saturdays. It's done. He opens at 12, 11 30. So if you're not, if you're not there waiting for brisket, it's gone. Yeah. Wow. Like he, he sells out very quickly. He actually has another spot and uh, he's actually catering my wedding too. But, uh, he, uh, he has a spot in Philly and it's, it's crazy how quick these guys, especially, I mean, you would think in Jersey that they would, you know, it wouldn't be that big, but every barbecue spot that has, Anything that's even remotely good, it's gone. Yeah. Where I used to live, there was an actual like brick and mortar restaurant, and those guys were phenomenal. Yeah, there's a joint near me that, uh, like where I used to live, that was phenomenal. And uh, I used to go there. But this guy is just like you. He's like a trailer. Pulls off, He drives a school bus, and he, tra- oh. <laughs> he, he trailers a smoker behind it. And then, uh, yeah, he sells out. I actually uh, I thought about doing that for Maker Camp taking one of my old school buses and building a smoker in it and then trailing another one behind it. That may be something I do down the road, but. Oh, no, no, he does it like, um, he hangs out in the school bus all day while he's smoking off the trailer. Oh, okay, he's okay. got a trailer and then he's got like a window cut out. So you walk up to the school bus and there's a window, almost like an ice cream truck. Yeah. 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 But, uh, every time I drive by it, I'm like, Oh, it smells good, but it's always too late. Like I'm never there in the morning to, order one i guess people come by yeah. in the morning and they say oh i'll take a brisket and then they come back for it when it's ready yeah there's a guy on mm-hmm. route 31 up here in uh in north jersey well central jersey does the same thing he's got like seven or eight smokers he's just in the like this kind of like side area right where route 31 hits this one little uh state park area and 
it's amazing. Like he'll have cars down route 31 waiting for him. So he'll open at 11 o'clock on like a Monday or Tuesday and it's 1105. Everything's gone. Oh, wow. Cause they have, so they, yeah. And he's got his whole family work for him too. It's kind of funny. It's amazing. So if you know what I you're doing, you can make day. a lot of money. It's, it's crazy. Like if you make good food, you know, people talk and I know people that you know, there's truck drivers that come from all over just to go over there and grab his food. I've, I've lived up here now for six and a half years. And you have yet to be able to use food. Never get there on time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was, where was I? Oh, we were in uh, Bar Harbor. I'm not saying it properly. Bar Harbor. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, we were there and there was, there's a couple of spots around there that was kind of interesting to see, like there'd be a guy out front. The smoker was out front. This was, seemed to be every place. There were two or three places that were like this. And a big stack of firewood beside it, like, almost as tall as the building and buddy was there like just tending the fires and all that. So it's kind of neat to see. We never did stop. We were on the bike. So I didn't really kind of had a trip plan. So we didn't really, we didn't have time to stop or should have, but didn't. Yeah. That's, that's one of the coolest things about barbecue spots is that you can just go and like everything, if it's an old school or Texas style or whatever, even like down in North Carolina and Memphis, like it's just, you could see everything. You can see the effort that's actually put into it. You know, there's nothing getting microwaved on the back. And you hope not. Real, well, yeah, you <laughs> hope not. Yeah, I, um, so I was down for work. I go, um, I'm also part, I'm part of the fire team at work. And they sent us to, uh, uh, it's called Teeks. It's, uh, it's at College Station on, uh, what's the school? Texas A&M. Okay. That that university has a fire school as well. It's a world class spot, but uh, we went there, and that's where I had my first brisket. Actually, was at a spot there, but you could see them. It wasn't one of those spots like it, there was no smoker out front. They had like big smokers in the back, but you could see them through the window. Like when you were ordering, you could see, and you'd ask for. I think I got. They had it set so you could get like brisket fat. Is how they called it. Yeah. Yeah. And, the fatter you're lean. Yeah. So I got it. I said, well, I'll go, I'll I ask them the difference and I figure yeah, I'll go with the fat. And I just, you watched them bring the brisket out and cut it. Like it was, it, that was pretty cool. And then you go out and there was all pick, you're inside like kind of a warehouse building, but it was all picnic tables and just, it was pretty sweet. Setup. How many people are driving to work right now? Listen to this and they're hungry now and they're like <laughs> yeah. looking up where the, where the closest barbecue place is. Feed me. Oh, Cause I want to eat right now. <laughs> but with that, Tony, what do you say? We thank our patrons. Oh, I guess we can do that. I'm sure we're going to get some messages from some that we made them hungry. <laughs> yeah. Well, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'll start here with uh, Corey of Odyssey CNC, the Etsy voice, Christy of Twisted Twine, Annette of 513 Woodworks, Chris Fullstein, Chris Powell, Fullstein Design, Lillian Archer Photography, David Beckwith Makes, NB Woodfinery, and our top tier we have Eastbroke Studios, Danelle Smith Christian, Brian Drennan, Lawrence Maritime Nice Supply.com, Ed Johns of ButtJoints.com, Adam of Uncle Sam Metalworks, Green Street Joinery. Vincent Ferrari of Digitally Creative, Brown, Brian Housework of Workfort Podcast, Artigino Sorio, Matt of Wooden Mustache, Brent of Clean Cut Woodworking, Brad of Brad's Customs, David and Joanna of Wido Works, 
Chad of Chad's Custom Creations, Ryan of Gnome Hammer Forge, David of DW Wood Builds, Matt of First Do Construction, and Tony of Kodamo Designs. And this week, we might have one of the most trying names we've had. <laughs> uh, but we've had uh, Carolyn Jeanette Racine has decided to join us. Of uh, why do now 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 I'm drawing a blank. Kawa Jeanette is her handle on Instagram. Yeah, she's cool. I'm not going to spell a lot it of spoon you. carving. She does hand yeah, spoon so. carving. It's pretty impressive. So welcome aboard. Yeah. <laughs> she's got a big back catalog after shows to listen to. Yeah. So she'll probably cancel by next week after she listens to a few after <laughs> that's what i'm waiting for i'm waiting to see her just like i'm, I'm, drop I'm us. out yeah. yeah yeah we'll see but thank you all you guys are all great all the patrons red and not red out loud we thank yes. you all help keep this going apparently uh this is the final week of zencaster where we don't have to pay for it or something i heard I saw some about crowdfunding. I uh, haven't read anything more I don't of know. it. I guess they're like everyone else. They're going to make us pay more money. So awesome. Well, <laughs> we got 90 shows out of them for free. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is 90. Yeah. Episode 90. <laughs> but yeah. What else you got, Chris? Anything else? Or should we head on over to the after show? Yeah, I'm good with that. Tony, any final words? No. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to find Chris, you can find him at Green Money Fab. You can contact them there if you want to get on the list for a smoker. Uh, number 21. Number 21, hopefully. <laughs> uh, maybe as this air is 22, maybe. But uh, Green Money Fab. I, <laughs> maybe. I know you're on Instagram, not TikTok or anything, right? No. Huh. No, I mean, I have a TikTok, but I don't use it yet. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be canceled anyway. If you want to find Tony, he's at Woodland Iron. I'm at Blackthorn Concepts. The two of us can be found at Working Hands Podcast on Instagram or Working Hands 3 on TikTok. And uh, with that, we're going to head on over to the after show. Later. <laughs>